So today I got to sit down and talk with Rick May. He's a financial planner and a life insurance agent with New York Life Insurance. And you know, Rick and I sat and talked about a ton of different things. Most importantly, we covered long-term um, like life insurance policies, so-called whole life insurance and term life insurance policies and really what the difference is between the two. And you know, I think that this is awesome. I wanted to have Rick on because I actually opened a life insurance policy for myself very early for the investment vehicle purposes. And it's not talked about enough what you can actually do with these policies. And it's truly incredible. I know some investors that take advantage of what you can do with these whole life insurance policies. And I think it's really important for anybody who's young to learn about them, especially young entrepreneurs and how you can actually pay into it and use it as a future investment vehicle. Uh, it's just incredible and fascinating the things that you can really do and how you can manipulate it within the laws, right? Like there's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing unethical about it. It's just taking advantage of what's already there. So this week's episode, like I said, Rick May, he gives a ton of value and I think this is really worth the listen. Appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. So yeah. you're, um, you're with New York Life Insurance and I met you. So you put together, I believe, a policy for my dad and he recommended you. Um, and like, I think it took a week and we got a policy up. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Um, I started getting interested in the life insurance space from the book. I think it's infinite banking, something, something. Yeah. It's a, it's a very short book. Um, and I was just fascinated reading that mm. because it's something that, you know, when you think of life insurance, you think of just like any other insurance, but for your life, if you pass away or, mm. you know, r really just it's there for the worst times necessary. Sure. But, you know, what I learned is that there's a whole lot more to life insurance than just the tragedy side of it. And I mm. hate to put it like that, but, um, you know, so that's kind of why I wanted to have you on here to kind of explain what, what does life insurance encapsulate as a whole, not just those small things that maybe most of the population knows about. Yeah, so um, a lot of people will say the same thing as you. Well, I don't need life insurance. That's the first thing they, they say. And it's a lot of it is because they don't understand the product. And when you don't understand the product, then the first thing that comes out of people are inherently like to say no to anything. Uh, so I, I, I've learned about life insurance myself a lot that it's the most misunderstood product I've ever seen. And I, I find it. I, I thought it was kind of odd that New York Life Insurance Company didn't advertise it better. It seemed to me like it should be, you know, there should be billboards saying this product is amazing because it's really what it is, is it's a savings account that you get four and a quarter guaranteed uh, interest, you know, um, dividends, which are, you know, if the company's making money, you get dividends and, you know, you get to access this money. And you don't pay any taxes on it if it's if it's you know um, if it's if you get loans against it. So all these great features, I looked at it and I said, "Wow, it seems odd that they don't advertise it." And there is uh, significant restrictions by the government on the advertisement of it. So it's okay. it's it's a lot misunderstood. So what it really is is it's a it's a I would call it a, we call it infinite banking, cash value, life insurance. So you're going to build a bank over a period of time. As you pay payments, 
a portion of that is going to go towards the life insurance. At the beginning, it's like a um, it's like a mortgage. It's going to pay more towards the insurance at the beginning, less towards the insurance as as time goes on. You're going to build the bank. You're going to be able to access that bank as it builds. So let's say you're paying six thousand dollars a year. In ten years, you have sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars in there. You can take that money out and use it yourself. And New York Life Insurance is a uh, indirect recognition um, company. So you can actually take the money out, use it yourself, and we're still going to give you the interest and dividends while you have the money. So you're actually using the money, you're taking it, and you could buy a car with it and get 0% interest because you're paying yourself back the money. So it's a a super versatile product, and you're using it as your own bank as you're going along. It's great for, for realtors. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and people and, are interested in the And so in real estate, that's that's where I learned from it. I think, I forget who it was, but I saw a video and somebody was talking about, you know, you know, those like thumbnails where they're like, oh, watch how I bought a house with 0% interest or something like stuff yeah. stupid like that. Sure. So I saw something and I'm like, what is this guy talking about? He baited me in and he explained, he's like, I have, I've had a life insurance policy for like 10 or 12 years now. I've been contributing a massive amount to mm-hmm. it. And he's like the cash value now. I was able to pull a loan from that cash value from what I had in there for the down payment for this property. It was an investment property. Sure. I think it was a, I, you know, I think it was a multi-million dollar property. Mm. And so I was like, all right, this is legit. I mean, this guy, he's clearly has a decent amount of money in this policy. So I looked into it a little bit more, and that's what I found is that you borrow against it tax free, but it compounds a return at the same time while it's sitting there because you never actually pull it out. So, right, like you said, four and a quarter is, is the average yield. Yeah. So I have an ally account and I'm making four and a quarter now. But if I go and spend that money, like you know, I, I'm i not making interest anymore mm-hmm. on it. So don't forget also that you're going to be paying taxes on the four and a quarter that you're getting. Right, exactly that too. So it's, it's a mix between like a tax sheltered account, would you say? Absolutely. Tax sheltered account. And it it's almost inevitable that it's never going to stop yielding. No, it won't. It will, it will continue to pay you until you die. And the great thing about it is, is it's for your whole life. That's why they call it whole life insurance. You're, somebody is going to pay, get, pay you, get paid a check at the end when you pass away. So it's a legacy product too as well on top of that. Not that, that, that what people are thinking about, but there is a life insurance component to it as well. To me, it's it's more valuable for some people and less valuable for others. Like a young man, you know, that's looking to buy real estate is looking for the cash value aspect of it. But then when that young man gets to be a little bit older and he gets in his 20s and 30s, gets married. Now he the life insurance component of it builds as well. So if you start off with 100,000 as the cash value builds, the death benefit builds as well. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, like this podcast is mainly the, the audience is mainly like younger entrepreneurs. And that's that's really the goal of it. So if you were to tell somebody who's, say, you know, 18 years old, because can you you can't open a policy at 16, can you? You can open a policy for somebody that's uh, six months old. So but it would be a, a custodian, like yeah, a custodian. Course, absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's just say to make things simple, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's real estate, uh, they're, they're just entrepreneurial minded and down the line, you know, it's, it's always, it's always great to have regardless, but down the line, 
you know, they're looking to kind of build an investment vehicle for them. What would you say, what would be like three pieces of advice or however many you think is sufficient um, for them to structure a policy that's best fit for, you know, let's say 10 years, 10 years out is when they're looking to kind of tap into it for purchases of investments or using it for their business in any way. Yeah. So um, I wish that I had it when I was that age. I have two or three clients that are under 20 years old that have that have purchased cash value life insurance. I actually have one gentleman um, who's a, a really good friend of mine. He's actually a realtor as well. And he read about infinite banking and he has two policies at age 20. So I would recommend, highly recommend getting into cash value life insurance right away. The bigger the bank that you build, you could end up like you would want to end up like your friend that you spoke of earlier that was, you know, in his 40s or whatever, and he had a million dollars worth of cash value. And he literally is taking that bank and he's tapping out of that bank for the rest of his life. He's buying all his cars with that. He's buying all his real estate with that. He's paying himself back. All the while, your illustration that you expect your money to grow to by the age of retirement doesn't change. because right. you're not making that decision whether or not you want to alter the growth of the account in the name of purchasing something like an investment. Exactly. And in most insurance companies have have direct recognition. So if you have $100,000 worth of cash value and you take out $75,000 of cash value out of it, they're not paying you the dividend, the interest on that money while you have it. New York Life Insurance is paying the dividend in the interest on the amount as if it was in there. And you're just going to continue paying yourself back. So your trajectory of what you expect the money to end up at never changes as long as you continue to pay it back. Gotcha. So it's so that's what differentiates New York life from most of them is, is sort of what you're saying. Is Exactly. So do, do other companies look at it as a bank and when you when you use it, it's taken out like a bank? Correct. Is? Okay. So, so you also pay tax on that then, do you? Or is it still a loan? If you, it, it depends. So if you take it out as a loan, you're never going to pay taxes on it. Yeah. If you always continue to pay it back. Now, let's say you put $100,000 into it and it's worth $150,000 and you close the policy out. You're going to be on the hook to pay the $50,000 and the tax on the $50,000 if you close the policy. If you continue, if you leave the policy open and you always continue to have it open and you're continuously paying it back, You'll never pay any taxes on any other game. Okay. Yeah. So, and and I think that's really the big kicker. Like it, it's it's finding ways to av- avoid all the overhead costs that we have, um, taxes being one of them. Sure. And you know, I I've, I've always I've always looked like how how can how can I borrow money instead instead of making it? You know what I mean? Like, and if you look at some of the wealthiest people on the planet, it's exactly what they do. Of course. The, 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 I mean, there's a reason why life insurance companies are so rich and have so much in reserves it's because all these wealthy people and correct me if I'm wrong are holding a lot of their money there they're buying up these massive policies and you know when you when you look at them and you you look at their statements at the end of the year and realize that they paid next to no tax for somebody who's making a few billion dollars a year what we forget to remember is that they're not really making a couple billion dollars a year or a few hundred million they're borrowing a few hundred million a year. Yeah, billionaires, you take a billionaire, uh, a multi-multi-millionaire, there's no way for them to make money tax-free, theoretically. 
one of the only ways is cash value life insurance. Bank of America has $18.5 billion worth of cash value life insurance. They don't have CDs. Yep. You know what I mean? They're not right. buying their own products. They're buying cash value life insurance. Yep. If you start to look at the numbers when it, you know, and you were to break down, you know, the IRA and the 401k and all these different products, you know, let's say the average return on a, on a, you know, 401k, you know, say an 80, 20 or a 70, 30 stock to bonds is going to probably be about 8% over the lifetime of that 8%. You're going to pay a third of that in taxes roughly. So you're going to be down to five and change on your return. Then you're going to pay a management fee for somebody to manage it. You know, that's going to be a point, a point and a half, two points sometimes. And think about it. You're down less than you would get in cash value life insurance. Right. And now, you know, you can't touch the money until you're 59 and a half years old. Well, and that and that's the big kicker too. It's like, because I looked into that prior to life insurance. It, mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, how, how can I use an IRA in, to my benefit? But it, you're penalized if you want to take anything out early, yep. if the brokerage even lets you. Mm-hmm. And on top of being penalized, then you're also subject to the tax. You're not allowed the tax benefits that you would be if you waited. Yep. It's also capped off at, mm-hmm. I think it's 6,500 a year for IRAs right now. Uh, it's, yeah, 6,500 6, a year. 7,500 if you're over 50. Okay. Yep. So, but, but still a relatively low amount, mm. um, you know, relatively speaking. So, that's kind of, like I said, the, the big kicker for the life insurance. Now, is there a limit on how much you can contribute to these policies? There is no, you have to have an insurable need. Okay. So if you're a, if you make $50,000 a year and you don't have any children and you don't have a business and you don't, there might be a cap on it, but not likely. If you're a business owner, if you uh, have children, if you have, you know, an insurable need, likely you can get as much as you need. So essentially, if you have any dependency on your back whatsoever exactly. from someone or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's most often. Most people. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I haven't run into the, you know, an ins- non somebody that didn't have an insurable need that they said, oh, I want a million dollars worth of life insurance and they can't get it. Right. I don't think that's a very likely scenario. Yeah. Okay. And I know you had mentioned that, you know, you can borrow against it for whatever, whatever you'd like. Is that open-ended, like literally whatever you'd like? You can- it's, it's the amount of the cash value that you have. Well, I mean like what you, what you're able to spend it on. Like, like I'm thinking in terms of just like, if you borrow against your equity in a house, like a HELOC, you know, you can theoretically spend it on whatever you'd like, but m- most often the banks like to see that you're at least spending it on the property or on something, mm. you know, specific to the, to the property or whatever the need is. So I, I could borrow against it and go buy whatever the hell I want. Anything you want. Anything I want. Anything you want, anytime you want. It's your money. It's, it's, that's one of the great things about, about cash value life insurance is, is you're going to pay for it in the first three years. It's going to be like, ah, I'm paying towards this thing. I don't have any cash value. The third year, once you pay in the third year, Every single dollar that you're putting into it goes directly into your cash value. So it's going from your bank. If you got Santander Bank, if you got Eastern Bank, it's going from your Santander Bank account and it's going into your bank account over at New York Life. If you need that money, just call up and you go, I want to borrow that money. Boom, it comes right back. It's there for you at any time. It's no, it's literally a bank account. 
yeah. that you can access at any time. Yeah, yeah, and that's the most fascinating part about it. Um, so, you know, you, you obviously have a lot of clients in different different spaces, and obviously you can't, I, I understand you can't talk about the specifics of them, but you have a lot of business owner clients and things like that. Do you see a lot of these these guys and girls like borrowing against it for real estate purposes or, or for business investment purposes? Like, how often do you get that call? I want to borrow against it. Hmm, that's interesting. I so I know of a lot of people that use it as a as a vehicle to buy real estate. Mm-hmm. Now, how many times do I get that phone call? I don't know if it's appropriate for me to answer that, but I do know that real estate. Real estate brokers and real estate investors are one of the the best clients for us because they have the the biggest need and and the cash value bank becomes is is one of the most valuable things for 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 people that invest in real estate a lot. Okay, so they they I know somebody who has a significant not unlike yourself a significant bank and he uses it to buy. A lot of real estate. Yeah, he doesn't pay a dollar to get his money. He's been he's been borrowing his own money. Luckily for him, when he was a kid, his family set him up with cash value life insurance, and all the way into his forties and fifties. Yeah, see, and that and it's and still that, working. Yeah, still the, well, money. you know what's funny is after our meeting that we had at press, I I came home and I was just you know talking to my mother and everything, and I was like. You know, not not to throw you under the bus here or anything, but you should have done this for me. When I, <laughs> I was like, right? she, she she didn't really understand, and so I explained it to her. She's like, "Damn, yeah, we should have." So I'll absolutely be doing that for 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 my kid, the second you know, second I can. Yeah. So I mean, think about you know, I think about, and you know, not that I didn't prepare my for my daughter's education, and my daughter was well taken care of. I wish that I had done it for her. You know, we did a we did a four two nine plan, which is a a good compliment. So we we like to do a four two nine. I mean, a five two nine and a um and a cash value life insurance policy for people as a blend. Um, the life insurance has an, a, a, another benefit for for children. It doesn't go on the FAFSA. Mm-hmm. Um, a five two nine becomes the property of the child at age eighteen. Which is, you know, you expect that the children are going to be good, but then if there's there's a problem with the child, it still becomes their property. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Cash value life insurance is the property of the the owner, which is the parent, until the parent decides to give it to the child. So you have control over that bank the whole entire time, which is a uh, was a great feature. R- right? Yeah, because I mean, you can't guarantee that the kid that you opened this 529 out at six months old is yeah. going to not be a degenerate at 18 and want to yeah, spend you never the whole know. Thing. You never know. Yeah, and you want to hope, hope that it's not that case. So, all right, so it's transferable. Now, is it, if I had if I had opened like one for myself under my name and decided mm-hmm. to, that I, you know, for whatever reason, which is unlikely this would ever happen, but I didn't want it. I wanted to give it to my kid. Is there a way that I could transfer my own policy to my child or does it have to be in their name from the get-go somehow? Like, do they have to be on it like a custodian account? So, yeah, if you want to put 
the ins- the insurance would be on the child. Okay. So the parent would be the would be the owner of the policy, and the and the parent would be the would be the beneficiary likely of the policy as well. So if something would happen to the child, the parent would get the money. Unfortunately, we don't. You know, it's not what it's not why you get life insurance for a child. Yeah, for right for, for a child, it for the cash it, value bank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're setting them up for their future, and I think that's that's really the whole idea. And you know. I noticed too. I thought it was going to be a, a overbearing number when I when I originally approached you. I'm like, you know, I really want to do this. I don't know if I can. If financially, it makes sense right now. Where I should I hold my money in cash and have access? Whatever. All all, all those questions popped in. I didn't realize that it, you can start with very little, very very little, and <clears throat> relatively speaking to how little you start out with. I mean, I looked at the schedule. I think I think I have ten years. I'm fascinated by at what point in, you know, call it five years, what that cash value will look like, relatively speaking, to what I'm contributing. Sure. And, you know, what I'll have access to tax-free. So, yeah. And, you know, the longer you hold on to it, the bigger the number gets. Yeah. And, And there's no, you know, a lot of people are afraid of the ups and downs of the stock market. This just goes up. Yeah, right. Let's go straight up. And so that that was kind of my next question. So, you know, we always have issues right now in society in general with people having a, a big problem with large corporations and insurance companies, I think, being one of them. They're just some of the when pe- I think when people think of insurance companies, they think of Wall Street and they think of just mm. that type of of vibe. And, and I don't really get that. Obviously, I, well, I certainly don't get that from you, but even other people I've spoken to, I don't get that vibe. So. What would you say to people who are weary of life insurance and weary of, one, the legitimacy of it, um, whether or not it's actually going to yield them the results that they want? And number two, you know, really, like, what's in it for the insurance company? Because they're, they're not doing it for charitable purposes, obviously. So I think it's good to always know, like, well, what are, what are both parties gaining in this? Sure. So um, New York Life Insurance Company is the highest rated financial service company on the earth. So that should tell you something. It has the highest rating with every major rating agency. There was a point in 2016, I believe, that Standard & Poor's lowered the rating of the New York uh, of the um of the US government because they wouldn't raise the debt ceiling. And at that point, New York Life actually had a higher rating than the United States government. So they had to lower the rating so that they couldn't have that. So as far as the strength and the the, the the you know the the ability for the the company to pay New York life insurance company is the is the the you know with all this people you know there's companies that go under and banks that go under and you know all this situation with um, the bank on California there I think it's uh, Silicon Valley SB, Bank. SB, um, Yes, yes, yes. Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley Bank was, um, they went under. New York Life has enough money to pay every single person that they have life insurance on at the same time if everybody died on the same day. And they still would have $25 billion in cash. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. That blew me away because I was like, and that's really what I want to hear, sure. right? That That's something I want to hear. So I, I want to hear like, in the worst possible case scenario, like if shit hit the fan so badly, my money's still safe. 
with that in mind, a lot of I get that a lot lately. Everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid. You know, like um, uh, back in 2008, we lost Lehman Brothers and these companies, they're brokerages. They have legitimate brokerages that went out of business. They had people had money with them. They're not unlike uh, Fidelity or a company like that that has a lot of money with them. They went out of business. There wasn't a single mutual life insurance company that went out of business in 2008. And there was 400 banks that went out of business. So, you know, people talk about people are afraid of, you know, the, the collapse of the dollar. And it's a, it's a legitimate thing. People, people think about those things. What I can say is, is I believe that if there was a situation like that, the last companies on the earth to go under would be a mutual life insurance company because they have all the money. They got everything. They got, they're the strongest, they're the strongest companies on the earth. Right. So if I'm, I put my money with me. Yeah. Well, I do too now. There you go. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling people to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. My, my business partner, he has life insurance on his kids. He has cash value life insurance on himself, his children. We, we believe in the products that we provide people. I believe in it. You know, like the, the thing that, that sold me on cash value life insurance was, is I sat down and I had to get life insurance because I um, was in a situation where I was, um, you know, I got, I got divorced and I was, I was told I had to get life insurance. So I went and got life insurance. I sat down with um, my financial advisor and, you know, he explained to me, you know, that if I put $6,000 a year into this policy and I'm going to pay it for 20 years, at the end of the 20 years, I'm going to have $150,000 in cash value and I'm going to have, you know, $250,000 worth of death, uh, death benefit. So I put in, I'm putting in about 90,000 bucks in it in 20 years and I'm going to have $150,000. And I said to myself, wow, I can spend that money. That's mine. He goes, yeah. I go, where can you spend your own life insurance? Right. I'm spending my life. Right. Like, so I'm still going to give some to somebody, but I'm getting to spend it. Well, that, and, and not only that, you know, the funny part too, and, and not saying, well, not saying that you would ever do this because it's, it's only one way you could do this, but in theory, the cash value pays itself back, right? Like, so if you were to borrow, if you were to borrow against it, and I mean, it's in theory, I'm not saying the whole cash value. So let's say you had 150 in, yeah. you borrowed 50 and then you died the next day. Yeah. That... You borrowed fifty. Comes off the death benefit. Okay. Oh, so it comes off the. It death only benefit. comes off the death benefit. Okay. So let's say you had one hundred and fifty in there, and you started with a hundred. You'd probably have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar death benefit if you had one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash value, right? So the person, your heir, would collect two hundred fifty thousand minus fifty. They would still get two hundred grand, which is more than the cash value. Right. Right. And so. What are the like? Is like I said, just for the people who are who are still weary. I know we kind of talked about like, um, you, you know, the security of it. Uh, what's what's in it for the life insurance company? So the life insurance company is typically makes a half a percent off every single transaction that they make. Mm-hmm. They try to make, and how they did that was New York Life Insurance Company has bonds that they bought thirty or forty or fifty years ago that could be worth, you know, could have gotten eight or nine or 10% interest. 
So they're taking that money and they're using it to give people this amount of money. You understand? So right. we're, we're, we're getting money that we had, we invested years ago, and we use that to pay people now. I mean, you know, when you think about it, like one of the products that almost never gets paid out is term insurance. Term insurance is a product that is a catastrophic event product. So I'm going to give you a million dollars worth of life insurance for 50 bucks. So they get a tiny little amount of money and a huge death benefit. So do you think that New York Life Insurance Company wants to have, get 50 bucks and pay out a million? They don't. That's not what they want to do. So they scrutinize the health and the, they do all the, all the calculations and they know people are going to typically live to be 78 years old as men and 82 years old as women. And as you get older, they do all these different calculations and they decide what type of risk you are. So they expect you to be a small risk for a small amount of money. Now, what happens is, is the percentage that New York Life pays out for term insurance is like less than 1%. So they're making a lot of money on term insurance. On whole life insurance, they're paying out 4.5%. And they're trying to get bonds that are, they, they're, that are paying out 55 they're trying to get a return that's paying out six at six percent. So they're making a small little sliver there. Of course, it's a business. But so it's it's right. So but so it's volume for them. It's, it's absolutely it's qual quantity over over quality in in this sense in terms of just like they're not looking for these killer investments. They're just looking for as many as possible and absolutely. taking a little off the top. Absolutely, they're just making they're making they're making a little bit of money off every single transaction that they do. And now, is there a um, is going back to what you were just saying? Um, about the term insurance. So is there a risk management uh, for New York Life, from the insurance companies in general, for whole life? Like, do, do they take into account um, health health risks and age and things like that to dictate the policy and the death benefit for whole life as well? Absolutely. Okay. But the, the difference in the payment for the rating is significantly less than than term insurance because term insurance, like I said, they're getting 50 bucks. They're going to pay out a million. Now, if you're a very unhealthy person, you can still get it, but the term insurance is going to jump from $50 a month to $300 a month. And the whole life insurance in this particular scenario, say you were a step 15 instead of a step one, you could pay $300 instead of 50 bucks, but the whole life would be instead of 220 bucks, it would only be 290 bucks. So as an unhealthy person, you still have a really good opportunity to get cash value life insurance because it's all based on numbers. It's, it's based on you're giving them a good amount of money that they can put into the market. They can put it into these different products. And that number is going to grow kind of quickly as opposed to $50 a month for a term policy. Right. So right. They're, they're, um, they're, you, it, it, it's a product that's still available to everybody. Okay. And do, do, you, do you do both? You do both whole and term? I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do. It can you can't leverage term the same way you can leverage whole. No. Can you? No. The, so you can't use the, the term is basically you're renting an apartment. Okay. You're gonna pay for it for twenty years. At the end of twenty years, you leave. It's gone. Oh, got nothing. got you. Okay. So nothing. right. So it's like that, renting a house. That's that's how they make their money. Really, is that it never gets it never paid gets out, paid except out. in the tr the catastrophic events. Mm -hmm. 0.8%. Okay. Wow. Less than 1% wow. gets paid out. 
Wow. Tournament champ. Now, it's peace of mind for people. Now, what is it worth for you, for your peace of mind, to know that if something would happen to you, your children and your wife are going to get a million dollars? Right. It's worth 50 bucks. So does it... All day long. Well, and, and that's funny. Uh, who is it? I think it's... Have you ever heard of Andy Elliott? I have not. So he, you should follow him. He, he's a sales guy. He's a sales guy, and he he okay. runs a couple hundred million dollar businesses. Nice. And I actually just got his book. It's right over there. And one of the things he was doing, he goes and, and does these seminars, and he acts like a, a salesman for whatever industry the person he calls up is in. So somebody was from from life insurance, and that's exactly what he said. Um, that that was his exact pitch. Um, it was like you know, in so many words, you have a family and kids. And what is it worth to you to make sure that they're paid out a million dollars? What is it worth to you to have, 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 make sure that they are taken care of? Is it worth $50 to you a month? And people jump on it like that because it is peace of mind. And it, sure. it you know, and the reason I wanted the clarification, honestly, was because my mom was been telling me in the last few years, oh, you should get life insurance. You, you should open a policy. It's cheaper um, when you're younger, which sounds true, but I think she was probably thinking of the wrong life insurance. She was probably thinking of term because she was adamant about it becoming more expensive as I get older. And I'm sure they both do, but it sounds like term is much more exponential. So as you grow older, cash value life insurance does get more expensive. No question about it. Now, is it going to be a big difference from year to year? Not really. 10 years, it's going to be, it's going to be a significant difference. You know, you would be, instead of paying $100 a month for your policy, if you got to be 35, you'd probably be paying $210. But that that's to maintain the same death benefit, correct? That Using an example as a $100,000 cash value life insurance policy at age, say, 20. Let's say you paid $100 a month for it. At age 35, you would probably pay $220 for it. That's the difference. It's going to go up significantly. Will it go up for somebody who already owns a policy or do you lock in that hundred bucks a month? So one of the reasons why we, we use term insurance is the conversion ability. So if you, if what we like to do for somebody in the reason why we do, let's say pick a number. I do a million dollars. I do $800,000 worth of term and $200,000 worth of hold. This $800,000 is convertible for 10 years at the same rate that you are now. So if you get a select preferred rating, which is the best rating you can get, in 10 years from now, you can convert this $800,000 to whole life over here without being examined and keeping the same rating. Now, in 10 years, if you're 35 and you go to 45, you could have many different things happen to you. You could gain weight. You could become ill. You could become unhealthy. All these different things. That's why the term is great. We use the term as the for the conversion opportunity more so than anything. And how's cash value calculated with that if, if, if you're converting term to whole? Or is that really just for the death benefit purposes? So you got an $800,000 death benefit over here for term. In 20 years, it's gone. You have nothing. So if you were to convert this over to over to whole life, when you decided to convert it, so say two years in, you're going to convert it. You're going to convert the whole 800000 So you're paying $400 a month for this. You're paying 50 bucks a month for this. Now you're going to pay $400. You're going to pay like $1,200 a month to convert this. And then the cash value starts from that point when you convert it. So if you don't convert it, you just lose it. But you can convert it for 10 years. 
Gotcha. Okay. You understand? So, so it's yeah, it's an easier way to get to the eight hundred thousand of of whole life of whole life, right? Because of the fact that as time goes on, your rating could go down, right? And it's an easy process. You don't even have to. You don't have to get examined ever again. You could just yeah. They never even examined me. Yeah, I was I. I was actually not well, worried, yeah. but I was like, "Look at you, you're a stud." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of hoped. I was like, you know, I, I think I'm healthy enough. I don't think I would need it, but who are they to know that? So I was just waiting for someone to knock on my door with a. Yeah, no, I'd, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd make sure that they knew that you knew that they were. Yeah, coming. yeah, yeah. yeah but they yeah, they right. do. Um, in some cases, they have um, they have situations where if the person is, they do a lot of body mass height times weight and they do these calculations and when they see that somebody is you know has been to the doctors regularly has great blood pressure has all these different things because they get all your records from the doctor oh so okay they probably looked at all your records online gotcha and they said, mm, this guy's pretty healthy yeah, <laughs> yeah. i hope so yeah. um no oh, cool cool so i think it, that answers all my questions about life insurance what are some of the bigger more i, I guess um the questions that you get all the time or as often as you can about, about life insurance. Like what are, what are some things that you think that need to be clarified that we haven't talked about if, if there are any? Hmm. So <clears throat> I think that the, um, the misunderstanding about life insurance is the biggest thing that I've noticed about it is people just, the first thing that they say is I don't need life insurance. I don't want life insurance. I don't, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, um, my wife will get remarried or whatever, but they don't understand the value of it as a savings vehicle. The the 401ks and the, and the IRAs, from my perspective and what I've learned over the years is, is that they were designed by the government for the government. And what I mean by that is, is the government is put into place rules that maximize how much you can put in and rules that they're going to guarantee their taxes. Not only are they going to guarantee their taxes, you can't touch the money for a long period of time. But then when you do take it out, if you take it out early, you get a penalty, they're going to get their money. If you take it out after the period, after 59 and a half, if you take it out then, they're going to get their tax money when you take it out. Now, if you say, well, I'm going to beat the system, I'm just not going to take it out for a while. At age 72, you have to take it. So now let's say, think about this for a second. You're a young man. You saved all, you saved your money for, I don't know, 30 or 40 years. And you got 401ks, you got IRAs, you got all these different products. And you say to yourself, I got 2 million bucks in that. And which is really easily attainable over a 30 or 40 year period. You have 2 million bucks in this thing. So now you're age 72. You said, I ain't taking any of it out. Now you got to take it. And guess what? You got to take it out over a 10-year period. So think about that for a second. You're taking $200,000 a year as if you have it's regular income. So you're put you're taking 200 grand out, you're going to be paying 30 or 40% of that money in taxes. Could be 50% of it. Yeah. 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 So like and so you know, I'm meeting with a financial planner this week. And one of the things that I kind of want to stress w- with him is, listen, the route I kind of want to take is is more insurance driven. 
uh, life insurance driven over anything else. I'm not a, and I don't scrutinize anybody who does the 401ks or IRAs. I think that that's a great corporate product because I think that it, it meshes well with the with companies. Like companies will match and, sure. and do things like that. You can't so, beat the match. No, you can't beat the match. And, and so, you know, it as companies incorporate it as a benefit of theirs, I think that that's a good thing, for, like I said, for the corporate world. Um, I, st- I still think from what it sounds like, life insurance is still the better option. But regardless, it's not it's not bad if somebody's going to match up to you know a certain amount per year, which is great. Sure. So that money right there is 100% return automatically. So let's say they give you a 3% match and you put 3% in, you're getting 100% return. You can't, you have to take it. Right. Right. The, the, if I like a 401k and I like an IRA and I'm going to have my clients use them accordingly. How I'm going to have them use them is I'm going to use a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA, if I put $100,000 in it over a 10-year period and it's worth a million dollars when I go to take it out, I don't pay taxes on the nine hundred grand. Roth IRA is great. Now, you can only make 144000 and they, they don't allow you to use it anymore. So that's the downside of a Roth IRA. There's a better product from my perspective and it's becoming more prevalent. It's a Roth 401k. A Roth 401k, you can put $20,000 a year in it and every every single dollar that you put into it, the gain, every bit of the gain is all tax-free. So it's post-tax and... Post-tax. No tax out. And no tax out. Okay. Yeah, so... And so it, it's... It has the same benefits of a, of a Roth, but higher contribution limits. Exactly. Okay. Exactly, and you you could take advantage of the of the match as well if a, if a company offers it. So to me, a, one of the a perfectly designed plan for me is a Roth four hundred one k, a big boatload of cash value life insurance, and I would have a brokerage account that you have immediate access to the money. Right. Yeah. Just just something that you can trade off. As, yeah. As, as you like. That's how I design. I, you know, I didn't, I'm not sure if you thought of me as just a, um, as a life insurance guy, I'm a financial advisor. Oh, you are? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I do everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so just well, so I, I knew that you had experience in the other areas because you, yeah. you brought, you brought it up to me. I didn't know sure. that. You, I thought you just kind of knew a lot about it because yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. Oh, well then. You know, yeah. So we'll talk then. Absolutely. So when I design a plan, it's. It incorporates as much tax-free money as I can get. There's only a couple of buckets. It's Roth, IRA, 401k, cash value life insurance. So the only you want a bucket of tax-free money. That's the only bucket you can you can get it. Everything else is tax deferred, 401ks and, and IRAs, and then you have tax now, which is um, <clears throat> a CD, uh, high yield savings account, something like that. That's all tax money now. You know, and, and what, I, I want to get back to what I, just quickly what I was talking about earlier. When you when you're 72 and you have to take that two hundred thousand dollars out a year, so you have this two million dollars and you got to start taking out two hundred thousand dollars a year. If you have a bucket of cash value life insurance, right? So let's say you got to take out a hundred thousand dollars a year, just to make numbers easy. You're going to pay twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars in taxes on that money, right? If you take out a hundred grand. <clears throat> If you use fifty grand out of your tax, uh, out of your cash value life insurance bucket, and fifty grand out of this, you only got to pay for like five or six thousand dollars in taxes. There's another value of having a cash bucket, right? Because because you, you yeah, cause, right? Because you get to 
pull the same amount of money out, but dilute how much that you pay somebody else. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so, um, no, that's good to know because I'm not, like I said, it, in the in the self-employed world, the 401ks and IRAs, well, the IRAs are a little bit easier, but the 401ks you don't come across as often in the self-employed world. Sure. So, you know, I look, maybe we won't get too far, too deep into it, but the SEPs. SEPs are a good product for you. Yeah. The, 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 there's one downside to a SEP. The great, the upside of it is you could put 50 grand a year in it. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of real estate guys, most real estate guys, uh, brokers and investors don't have any retirement. So we utilize a SEP for them a lot. The only downside to it is, is that if you put $50,000 into it and you make a hundred, that's 50% of your pay. Every employee that you have has to be offered the same percentage that you took. That's the downside. If you have any employees, it's great for a, um, for a sole proprietor. Okay. Fantastic right. product for a sole proprietor. Yeah. So like a sole member LLC or something like, exactly. like that. Okay. Yeah. And if you sub guys out, that's different, correct? Like subcontractors. Have, yeah. They, that's they, not, they're not okay. on your payroll. Okay. Perfect. So if you have them on your payroll, you got to pay the percentage that you pay that you get. So whatever that percentage is, you have to offer that to your, to your, okay. to your workers. Gotcha. So now is that different from a self-directed IRA, a SEP fund? Yes. They're different. So yeah. which one is the one that, because I know there's one that you can hold real estate in, but there's certain limitations on holding real estate in it. Is that a SEP or do you know? Is that a um, I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn okay. on that. I, 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 I'm not a hundred percent sure off the top of my head, Okay, but I believe it's a self-directed. Okay. And that's what I thought. I, I, I couldn't remember the logistics yeah. of it, but I, I do remember something saying like, you can't owner occupy it or something like that. I, I definitely want to look into that one more. Uh, yeah. You know, cause like I said, anything real estate driven, I, I look at it. You want to take advantage of everything that has to do with real estate. Right. And, and the reality is the biggest expense on this planet are taxes. That is the biggest expense. It's, it, it's taxed as you make it. It's taxed as you spend it. It's taxed as you hold it. It's, it's regardless of what you do. It is taxed some way somehow. So, sure. and and I always who which president was it that that called it like the invisible tax or something? Um, oh, I, uh, I only remember uh, uh, George Bush Senior. He said, "No new taxes," and then he turned around to tax everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, um, the invisible tax. That could have been Reagan. I think it was Reagan. Reagan and, uh, was man. Right. Awesome. Well, what he was saying was like. He, he was just saying, he's like, you're not just taxed on your income. Like, you got to remember that you're taxed on the money that you spend from the income that's already been taxed. And then the company who you paid taxed income to that you're taxed on for that product is also taxed on their income and all the products they have to buy. Sure. So your taxed money is being taxed and then taxed again. It, it, it Like, it just doesn't stop this revolving circle. So, you know, it's not whatever bracket you're in it's add like 20 percent to that and that's probably what you're paying in tax every year I, I couldn't agree more this is why going and seeing a financial advisor when you're young is one of the most important things you can do because think about it if i said to one person to one person if you use a roth 401k you could put five hundred thousand dollars into it and it could be worth two million dollars and a million and a half dollars is tax-free. If I told you that one thing, think about the amount of money you saved in taxes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's uh, 
What's a million and a half? What what, what would that put you in bracket wise? At forty five percent roughly. Well, it's th- it's thirty thirty seven percent is the highest bracket, but then you have to figure in the um, the state tax as well. Well, right. So like, let's it's nearly fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. Fifty percent. That's seven hundred fifty grand gone. Huh. Gone. And and yeah. So really, whatever. That's two million. That's one point one and a quarter. So really, you're only making seven fifty. You're not making the one five. Me personally, based on what you said earlier, you're taxed like this. You're taxed on top. You're taxed on top. You're taxed on top. I don't. I love the United States government. I appreciate everything they've done for me, and I love this country. I don't want to give them any more taxes. No, I don't. So absolutely I'm, not. I'm advising my clients as a fiduciary. I'm a fiduciary. It means I have to put the um, the needs of my clients before my own, and I'm advising my clients to pay as little taxes as possible. Now, they have to consult their accountant. They have to do all these different things. But I want to put them into a Roth 401k, a Roth IRA, and cash value life insurance. That is yep. the way you get your money all tax-free. Yep, and it's it's the same with accountants, too. I I, I laugh because I, I, I use the same accountant uh, that my dad uses, and I've used her for a few years now. But if I, I'll tell you what, if I ever hear an account, if I ever need to find a new one for whatever reason, move away or whatever, um, if they start, if the first conversation we have, they start talking about dependence, I'm walking out of that room. <laughs> I, I don't want the basic, you know, cause there's a lot of accountants out there that will just give you the basic deductions, cookie cutter. Cookie cutter and it's yeah. like, I could, I could have <clears throat> used TurboTax for you. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and, and saved 10 times what I spent. And sure. so, you know, finding that accountant, just like the financial planner, who's not doing anything illegal, not doing anything shady, just knows the books, knows the, knows the system well enough. To, to just sort of meander your money through and avoid the obstacles of tax. Sure. That's why a, a good financial planner will, will build a plan based on your needs, starting with buckets that, that pay no tax is number one. And now if you're, you're stuck with a bucket that has to pay tax, now... I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make it make sure that you have a bucket that has no tax and a bucket that you have to tax on, and I'm gonna blend them in when you go to retire, so you're paying less in taxes. You understand? And I'm gonna do my best to put you and get you a lot of cash value life insurance because that's gonna create a giant bucket of cash, and it's gonna offset the money that you're gonna pay in taxes here. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's um. Yeah, that's all valuable, and I like I didn't know that you were a financial planner too. Yeah. So is that is that like a financial um, advisor? Financial advisor. So yeah. is that like um is that your own your own gig on the side? Like how? No, no, no. So I, I work I work for uh, Eagle Strategies, mm-hmm. um, which is New York Life's brokerage. I work so I can sell. I can provide every product that New York Life has. Oh, every got single you. product that they have, I can provide. So so New York Life is. Like we were talking about earlier, is more than just insurance. 100%. They, they have all these, like you said, subsidiaries for different purposes. Absolutely. Okay, they, so I thought those were subsidiaries for to to structure the life insurance policies. I didn't realize those are subsidiaries that they just have as services. They have every New York Life has every single financial product on the face of the earth. They have every product. Yeah. They have the ability to get the great thing about New York Life is is not only the fact that we have every product that Fidelity has, we can use, 
we can get all the products. You want you want the Fidelity Magellan Fund? We can get the Fidelity Magellan Fund. Right. If you want the Vanguard Fund, the BlackRock Fund, whatever they are, we have access to all of them. But add to that, we have annuities. <clears throat> we have, you know, um, guaranteed lifetime annuities where you can get a, you put a million dollars in, you can get 70 grand a year for the rest of your life. Products like that, that are guaranteed income for the rest of your life. And also we have life insurance. Okay. Cash value life insurance. Okay. Yeah. Cash value life insurance, term insurance, universal life. We have all, we have basically every, you know, life insurance product on top of it. And that gives us the ability, like we have annuities that you can put money, say you have $300,000 and you're deathly afraid of the stock market. We can take that $300,000, say you're a 50 year old guy. We can take that $300,000, put it into it, um, a variable annuity, which it gets invested in the stock market. 10 years from now, if the stock market crashes and it's worth 150,000, New York Life Insurance will give you 300,000. They insure your portfolio. Okay. It's guaranteed. So it's, yeah, similar to like FDIC insurance, but it's more of a private type yeah, insurance. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, you're putting a floor underneath your investment. Okay, yeah. So you can't, it looks like your number might be below that, but it won't go below this. Okay. So they're guaranteeing you that you're gonna, you're never gonna have less than three hundred thousand. Now, when you, when they're guaranteeing you that you're never gonna have less than three hundred thousand, you can freely invest in the stock market without fear of loss, right? Right. Now you can put the maximum amount that they'll let you into stocks and hope to double your money in ten to twelve years. Right. It's like paper Almost trading at that point. Exactly. Yeah. You don't. You have. I, Myself personally, I have my money in that product. Hmm. I have a floor underneath my investment because I'm 55 years old and I want to make sure that I have my money. Right. I can't lose my money. Right. I have New York Life standing by my behind my money, and when I when I invested in that product, the market was as high as it had ever been. It was at the high of the high of the high, like 36,000 on the Dow and. 4,800 on the, on the S&P. And I was like, what was that? Was that 20? It was 2021. I think. Yeah. 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 And I was like, you know, like here I am, you know, investing money for my clients and saying, man, you know, like I don't want to be at the top of the market. I don't want to be at the top of the market. And a really good percentage of my clients have that guaranteed floor in their product, you know, that product. Right. Because, and there's a significant amount of people that from that time are still down. Well, and, and yeah, right. And I, and I think that you'd like, well, the whole purpose is for retirement. And so, you know, you don't want to ever lose that money. So the, the the lower risk investments are better off. Now, I'm sure that you trade off, you know, with a lower risk investment, you trade off for a lower yield percentage than you would for a sure. higher risk investment. Sure. But, you know that's kind of where you come into play and, and dictate, all right, you you're, you want to live this lifestyle, you need X amount every year. Mm-hmm. So you have X amount now to put in, so we're going to go for, you know, 30% high risk, 20, 30% medium risk, and 40% low. It's sure. similar to that. A, lo- a lot of it, a lot of it is dictated by time. I'm 55. I'm not going to see too many downs and upswings in the market. So if I go, if I, let's say I get, you know, you're dealing with somebody that's 65, 60, 55 years old, 
I take a haircut of 50% of my account, which theoretically has happened 2008 to drop 50%, 2000, 1987. You know, these, every 20 or 30 years, you could take a 50% haircut on the market. Now, if I'm 60 years old and it took, I think to, to, to come back from the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ didn't come back from 5,000. It was at 5,000 in two, the year 2000. It didn't come back from that until like 2012. That's a, you know, you don't have 12 years to make that money up. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so it really is a long game. Yeah. So ideally. you want to keep the people, you know, usually they use as a, uh, as a gauge. If you're uh, 65 years old, use using 100 as an example, you should have 35% of it invested in stocks and 65 in bonds. Right. Okay. So you should be invested very lightly in stocks the older you get. And what this product does, this this variable annuity with an investment performance rider, it enables you as a 60 or a 55-year-old to say, you can fully invest the thing in the stock market because I can't lose my money. Right. You're guaranteed to have it. Right. So now I can sleep at night. I know I have my money. And if the market goes up, I'm taking advantage of all the gains. Right. Okay. That's, what, that's the great thing about the product. And it's a product that... You know, the Fidelities and the Vanguards and the BlackRock, they don't offer these products. We do because we're an insurance company. Basically, we're putting insurance on your on your portfolio. Yeah. They actually have, I think they guarantee you 105% now. And if you do a, like a 15-year, they guarantee, maybe a 20-year, they guarantee 150% of your money. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a fantastic product. And yeah. the majority of... I do have a lot of, I've been, because of the infinite banking that's going around the internet that a lot of people are finally understanding life insurance better, I've generated a lot of young clients and a lot of realtors and a lot of young people. The bulk of my business is people my age, They're my friends, my family, they introduce people from my family, introduce me to this one, that one, the other one. And so a lot of the people that I have are in that age range where that insurance of your portfolio was huge for me right you know right yeah yeah no, and, and and i like that you kind of bring up generating those younger clients because I, yeah. I do hear the same thing i was actually my buddy who just he just moved to denver he left uh yesterday um i saw him on sunday night for a little bit and i was telling him about life insurance and i was like you know i, I opened it i this is why i did it and he, he started saving a bunch of things on his phone to reread later. He was fascinated. He, 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 I already have a client in, in Colorado, so you can have him call me. Yeah, I have to get my I'll license. Yeah, yeah, well, I told him, like, I'm we doing do a podcast with this guy, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll put him in touch with you because, you know, he, he, he's, a, he's a mortgage lender. Yeah. And he's... Reciprocal business for us. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, you guys, we get along great. Yeah. He's 20, 24. Oh, yeah. Super good kid and just... You know he knows it. He knows his shit, and he he has himself set up very very well. Yeah. But he, like I said, he, he needs the, his li- the life insurance was foreign to him, and so I think that that people like that again. What the second you realize what the benefit is, what the true benefit is, especially as I don't even want to say investment vehicle for us and entrepreneurs, it's an investment vehicle. Hmm. But for your average, you know, nine to five worker. It, it's still like you said a bank account it's a it's a moderately high yield bank account that you never actually pull money out of mm. 
the only thing you know you always have access to but you never actually pull it out of and so i think that that's really the the, the message here to try and and convey to everybody is it's more than just ensuring that the people that you love and the beneficiaries are safe and protected and provided for it's selfishly for you at the same time yeah and i i believe i always look at the the life insurance it's kind of a byproduct of the awesome savings account right and think about it like that four and a quarter percent is it was there when when the high yield savings were one percent or two percent and when they go back down there it's still going to be there. Oh, so it's consistent. Oh, it's going to stay. There. Okay, yeah, so all right, so that's good to know too. So I didn't know if it's four and a quarter because it my could, high yield is four and a quarter. It, no, fairly valued. It could variable. theoretically go higher if New York Life pays out a higher dividend, which yep. is entirely possible. They've been paying out record dividends every year, but they never go lower. No, that's not that's not true. But the fact that New York Life has paid out a dividend for 175 years in a row. You would expect it to continue okay. along. So yeah, track. right. So just in theory, it's not ahead. guaranteed, but you would go. You would go based on 170 years in a row they paid it. Right, and it's growing as it's going. Well, I, yeah, and, they, and, and, they had record dividends the last couple of years. Okay, and I would still probably choose this if it was even a point less than a high yield savings, just because of the benefit like that you were talking about. Well, yeah, don't forget, you know. You're paying taxes on that money. Right. On that, on yeah, that. so regardless. So your four and a quarter is now 2.7. Right. Yeah. And you're paying it every year, so it has no chance to compound. Uh, that's true, too, right? Yeah, it never So it you're, you're taking, you're literally taking the money out to pay taxes. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. So this is something I do every episode. And now I had a, I had like a three-person podcast the other day, so it was a little different from what I normally do. So I'm going to ask the same question that the original guest asked in the podcast before. So what it is, is every guest that I have on, I, at the end, ask them a question that was asked to me by the last guest. So the idea is that this guest asked my next one a question, but it's very generic because they don't know who the next guest is going to be. Sure. The only stipulation is that the way that they have to ask it is in a way that the next guest, like yourself, can answer it and bring just general value to the audience. So it can't it can't be a specific question, um, like you know, like your question couldn't be specific to life insurance. It has sure. to be something where anybody, anybody. So yeah, th- this guest, this was a little less uh, business oriented, but he asked, "What are you grateful for in your work life, your family life, and your mental or spiritual life?" So we can start off with work life. I am grateful for um, my business partner Dennis Dickinson. He's a um, he owns Dickinson Wealth Strategies. He introduced me to the business. He has done more for me than most people in my family. He he is my financial advisor. He he invited me to come and work with him, and I'm grateful for him. For Peter McAvin, who is the um, the the number one guy at, at Boston New York Life, they 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 treat me they treat me amazing and gave me a, a fantastic company to work for. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, two was what it fit my family life. Uh, <clears throat> so I am grateful for my amazing twenty four year old daughter. She's uh, just a killer, straight up killer, man. She's a badass. She does. Every single thing in her life, she's done right. She's been 
she is she has killed it her whole life. Every single thing that she touches, every single place, everything that she does, she's excelled. She's never gotten a B in her entire life. She had a 4.0 GPA in college. Just a straight-up killer. And she can hit a golf ball 250 yards. <laughs> you know? Wow. So yeah. that's, that's, that's easy right there. That's awesome. And the last one was? Mental or spiritual life? I don't know if you're too... I'm, a, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm a Christian and I believe in God. And God is, you know, has provided for me every day. My dad was a pastor. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful to have that guidance. I'm thankful that, you know, I've, 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 I've pushed myself to read a lot and learn a lot. And I've read hundreds of books, 50, 60, 70 books, at least on human behavior. And it's helped me a lot to understand people. So I'm, a lot of people never come to the realization that books are so powerful and strong and can create this amazing life for you they can teach you so many different things so i'm happy that i learned when i did it. i learned late you know my 30s and 40s how you know that's the, the the what reading brings to you so i'm thankful that i learned that and i'm thankful that um that you know i have god in my life and he he leads me basically i don't i don't i feel like i don't even i feel like i just my life just lays itself out. I don't have to really do anything. I just live my life and it just takes me in the direction that I want to go. So yeah. I feel led. Oh, that's awesome. I feel great to be led. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so so what's uh, what's your question for the next guest? You take a minute. It's not... Uh, what's my question for the next guest? <clears throat> what are you doing now? To make your your family's life better. I like that one a lot. That one a lot. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. We don't pay attention to that often enough, I think. And you know, I I think that and I know kind of keep going back to it, but really like what you do is is planning for the future. Mm. And so I, I don't think that people have that mentality. I think it's easier for guys like us too because we're always thinking about the future mm-hmm. i think that's also pretty cool just making people aware that there's a little more to the future than just your financial benefits yeah. right like what are, you, what are you doing now to make sure that your family your your daughter right like your parents wh- whoever it is are in the best f- financial position health position location right just all of it I like agreed that. yeah i agreed i get to help people for a living that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's just there's nothing more rewarding than that. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. I'm a lucky guy. That's I'm cool. lucky to meet guys like you, man. I really am. <laughs> Likewise. I Likewise. get to. I get to. You know, a lo- <clears throat> and I think you'll you'll agree with this. I I told you this that my clients become my friends. My clients become family to me, and I treat them like family. Yeah. You know, the best I can, if something comes along and there's a, you know, I have the ability to help people and, and, you know, do a project with somebody or, you know, in any way, I don't, I don't just talk about that stuff. I do it. Right. I'm not a, I'm not a talking head. That's for sure. I get it. <laughs> no, done, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, head uh, down, do it. Yeah. Talk about it after, talk about it after until it's done. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that mentality. Yeah, sure. Um. All right, so where can people find you? Uh, social medias, if you want to put those on. 
I'll put them all in the description. Okay. Uh, and, sure. you know, if you want to talk about your financial advising and everything like that, go right ahead. Yeah, so I work at a company called uh, Dickinson Wealth Strategies. We use New York Life for all our products because we believe in New York Life and we believe they're the strongest, best company to work with. We have the ability to work with any other company if we want to, but I choose to work with New York Life. Um, my my email address is rmay02 at ft.newyorklife.com. Um, so I have a Facebook account. It would be... Um, I'll send it. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it to me and I can put it in the description. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I don't do a lot on social media, but that's going to change. Yeah. It's going to yeah. change. Well, I'll get these videos over to you and you'll have <laughs> shitload of stuff to post. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be perfect. Yeah, cool. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. At, at, at this, anything else you want to add in? Um, if we think covered everything. I think we great. covered everything. Awesome. I'll be happy to work with, you know, so... I don't want people to think, and I think there's a misconception with me. I don't know why, but I w will work with anybody. I don't care if you need a $20 um, term policy. I will work with anybody, any age person, any amount of, but I'll only work with good people. Yeah. I want to work with good people. I don't want to work with people that are, you know, uh, cutting corners and rigging the system and wanting to do all these different things like that. I don't want to be, a, I, I want to be with good people and I'll work with anybody. doesn't yeah. make a difference who you are. If you got $20 and you're a good person, we'll set you up with something. Exact reason why you said you're in this business. Absolutely. Just to help people. Yeah, awesome, Rick. I appreciate you coming yeah, on today. Awesome, man. Thank you.